Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance on a wild day and a very big one for us. Pub day for Hembo and me. We will talk about that. I pretty much lost my mind on Get Up this morning, and you're going to hear why. But on this morning, there's only one place to start. Here we go! Go, go. Only one place to start. Rebound to Hurley for UConn. And how fitting. The coach's son is going to dribble out his dad's championship. 76-59. Every dog has his day, and this day belongs to the Westwood One's NCAA radio network with the call last night. UConn cuts down the final nets of the college basketball season after a tournament that was about as mad as March has ever been, in the literal sense of the word, the madness. And then they restored order to it all. They've won five championships since 1999. Theirs is the bluest of all the bloods in college basketball right now, and we will talk much more about them as we go. But I've been good enough, uh, or they've been good enough, to hang out with me here, Mike Tannebaum and Damian Woody, after we wrap up Get Up this morning. And so I wanted to dive into some football conversation with them, and then we'll get back to the tournament and a whole lot of other things as we continue. But, Mike Tannenbaum, you made me lose my mind (laughs) on the show this morning to the point that I actually took off my jacket and threw it to the ground like I'm Bob Knight. And, by the way, delighted to hear that, that Coach Knight is out of the hospital, and we wish him the best. But... When you suggested that with the 13th pick in the NFL draft this year, the Jets should do what? Draft Hendon Hooker, quarterback, University of Tennessee. Because I'm looking out for my friend Mike Greenberg, who's going to be a Jet fan in September of 2024. And as D. Wood had suggested as well, which is, look, Aaron Rodgers, we know it's a short-term marriage. Hopefully it all works out. But they got to also build for the future. And Hendon Hooker, to me, when it's all said and done, has unbelievable upside. And ideally, he, he sits a year behind... Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback position goes from a strength to a weakness, a weakness to a strength. So, so D Wood, I understand the point because you had the audacity, the un, if I may channel my friend Stephen A, the unmitigated gall <laughs> to speak this blasphemy on the air as well. Under normal circumstances, that makes a lot of sense. But we all understand Aaron Rodgers is not a normal circumstance because he's an abnormal person. He is an unusual man. We all saw what happened the last time his team drafted a quarterback in the first round. You could be drafting him an offensive tackle and saying, Aaron, we are doing everything we can to to make your one year here a championship season. Or you could draft a quarterback and say, Aaron, we're making sure that we're good at the position when you leave. How do you think that conversation would go? Well, I mean, considering the person that Aaron Rodgers is, he's a pretty sensitive guy. I don't know if he'll go over all that great. I'm just saying, like, that scenario makes a lot of sense for the Jets, if you think about it. Because where are the Jets going to be? We don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be around for just one year. 
He could be literally a one-year mercenary like in New York and decide to hang it up. This is the same guy that said before the darkness retreat, he was 90% retired. What Bill Parcells used to say like all the time about, you know, if you if you got your tone of water, you basically retired. Yeah, if you're talking about retirement, you are retired. Yeah, so I, listen, if you're the Jets organization, don't you want to have your backside covered just in case the Aaron Rodgers is one and done? Yeah, I get it. But again, these are your your – Here's what the Jets are doing. The minute this trade is consummated and we do all expect it to happen, they are, they have, they are making their bed. They are all in. Yeah, right. They are the New York Aaron Rodgerses for however long <laughs> he stays, whether it's one or two years. And you get it. And you're doing it because you think you can win a title with him in the short run. It is the definition of catching lightning in a bottle. So look, we've drafted quarterbacks in the first round in the last few years. How did that work out? One of them is bad, and the other one might be the worst player ever. So I'm not real interested in drafting another quarterback if I'm the Jets. I'm interested in trying to maximize my chance of winning while I have have Rodgers. And that makes all the sense in the world, but Gree, let me ask you this. Put your GM hat on, which is Aaron Rodgers is here for a year and two. You have to draft a quarterback because when was the last time a really good quarterback in his prime changed teams? Like, you can make the argument, maybe it was Kirk Cousins. It just doesn't happen. I mean, it's happening right now with Lamar Jackson, in theory, right? You could do that if you want to. And and we are now living in an age, to your point, where we see quarterbacks changing teams in ways like they've become NBA stars, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford. But more to the point, under this one unique circumstance, I'm willing to say, I'll let 24 take care of itself. I'm trying to win in 23. I'm putting all my eggs in the winning it now basket. So we'll see how that turns out. Nature Valley wants to see you and your family out there. When we share our love for out there, we inspire others to protect it. And that's what getting out there is all about. Nature Valley life happens out there. Another idea we had this morning, D. Wood, and I liked this one, is if you're, let's say you're the Indianapolis Colts. You have a couple of options. We have McShay's newest mock draft out today in which he has them trading up one spot, the Colts, one spot from four to three to uh, take the quarterback Anthony Richardson from Florida, who is a project who is unquestionably not going to be ready to play immediately. And you're giving up something to move up from four to three. I don't know exactly what, but you're giving up something. The alternative to that, if you're the Colts, is to stay right where you are at number four, take Will Anderson, the pass rusher who many people think is actually the best player in this draft. And then as soon as the draft is over, call up Lamar Jackson and make a deal to bring him in. So now you've got Lamar Jackson and Jonathan Taylor on that team, and you've got an offensive coach. You go through that for me, who just came from Philadelphia, where they ran something of a similar system. Like, that feels like a really good plan to me. Absolutely. I mean, the the new head coach in Indianapolis, Shane Steichen, you know, I always said that the great great coaches – they build a system around the personnel that they have. And we saw what Shane Steichen did in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. He built a really good system. Obviously, Howie Roseman did a great job of, of bringing in players to help Jalen Hurts out. But, you know, in this in this particular scenario, I look at the Indianapolis Colts. They're not in rebuild mode right now. They, If you go look up and down their roster, throw out the record, they actually have a pretty decent roster. They're missing a quarterback. That's the area that they've been missing on, you know, for the past few years, the quarterback position. You have a unique opportunity to bring in a guy who's 26 years old, former unanimous league MVP in Lamar Jackson. Think about what he would do for that organization moving forward. Now, it's a steep price you're going to have to pay, but that's the price you pay for a quarterback because it's a quarterback-driven league. 
Yeah, so I think there's like pros and cons to it, guys, which is I think on the pro end of it, you get another great player, Will Anderson or Terry right. Wilson. Um, but the negative is, you know, you're running the vulnerability of Baltimore matching. So, you know, this whole time, it makes a lot of sense from a standpoint of I really give up two picks in the future and presumably not as high as what the fourth pick overall. But now you're sitting there like for seven days, you're really holding your breath. So let me ask you this question, Mike T. Because the big question mark, and McShay brought this up when we talked about it on TV this morning, is drafting a quarterback costs you 30-something million dollars in total guaranteed money over four years. And obviously, Lamar Jackson is going to cost something like five times that. Is anyone going to pay that? I mean, is he going to get 200-something million dollars when this whole thing is said and done from Baltimore or from anyone else? No. I mean, and, and to the Ravens' credit, what they're saying is, the Cleveland Browns are outliers. What Deshaun Watson got was crazy, aberrational, and here's 15 other deals. And right now, Greeny, like we could just, the old expression, let's go by what we see. Like the answer is clearly he won't get that. He's going to play for $32 million. Here's my question. I just, you know, I'm just throwing this out there. I wonder, why wouldn't Lamar Jackson take a shorter deal? Like a three-year deal, three-year fully guaranteed. If, if, the, if the Baltimore Ravens, if, if, if the report is correct, the Baltimore Ravens had already offered him 133 million guaranteed, you know, from the beginning. Why not take a shorter deal, fully guaranteed, and come back and get another bite of that? He won't even be 30 yeah. at that point. I've suggested that for weeks, as, as others have. Like the, the great compromise here is three years fully guaranteed. Both sides could claim victory. Th- this could be one of the areas where not having experienced representation is a factor, right? Because a good agent would be keep, keep saying to his client, and D-Wood's been on the other side of this conversation, what's going to make you happy? You're not going to get everything you want. So if you don't get A, how do we get B and C? Like, again, three-year cash flow, some other incentive package. Like, maybe the, we, you know, if Deshaun Watson is apples, we're going to get your oranges, but these oranges are going to make you really, really happy. I, I mean, look, that's a conversation that I've had, too. It's not in sports, but right. anyone who has representation, you, you tell them, this. I want all of this when you're negotiating a contract. I want these 10 things. And they come, he comes back and says, okay, we can get you seven of them. Are you good with that? And then you either are or you aren't. Right. But in the difference between someone like me and someone like Lamar Jackson is if I'm not happy with it, the rest of the world is my options. If you're Lamar Jackson, you have very limited options because of the circumstance that he's in. Absolutely. And, you know, we always, you know, I'm always in, listen, I'm, I've never been against players negotiating a contract, but you also have to know as a, as a player, you don't have a buffer. That's the difference. You don't have a buffer, and you don't have the lay of the land as a player as well. And I think that's what's, what's hindering Lamar Jackson in this situation is he's hearing all the direct information from, from, from Baltimore, and he doesn't have a lay of the land of what, what the rest of the league looks like, how they, how they view him, and what a potential deal could look like. And take that step further, like the complexities of when we get into like a signed trade. Like last year, Devontae Adams was able to reach an agreement with the Raiders. The Raiders were like, we're not giving up two ones. And they were able to work out a deal between the Packers and the Raiders in this situation. Let's just say it was the Colts. One year, I got the money worked out. And then maybe the Colts are saying, hey, we'll give you a three this year and then two ones in future years. But we're not giving up the fourth pick. Greeny and Mike T and Mike Tannenbaum. And, and excuse me, Mike T is, is Mike Tannenbaum and Damian Woody uh, in our studio. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay and benefits. And one of the country's top workplaces, come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers 
and apply online today. One more before we let you go. Today, as I mentioned, is a very big day for us. It's a day that we've had circled on our calendar for almost a year now. We found out our publication date around that time, April 4th, 2023. Our book, Got Your Number, which we've been talking a lot about, is finally available today. And we'll talk a little more about the process in a few minutes. But in any bookstore in America, anywhere you order books online, our book, Got Your Number, is available today in which we choose, we decide with Hembo's exceptional research, who owns every number from 1 to 100 in sports history. And one of the hardest decisions we had to make was the number 21. We brought that up on the TV show today. Mm -hmm. So our finalists, we had three finalists. There were a lot of good options at 21, but our three finalists were Deion Sanders, Roberto Clemente, and Tim Duncan. Of that group, D. Wood, if it was your book, who gets it? Well, on GitHub, initially I said Deion Sanders, but... The more I the more I thought about it, Roberto Clemente, you know, for me felt like the right answer. Not only Hall of Fame baseball player, one of the best baseball players in history, but more importantly, what he did off the field, uh, the philanthropic endeavors that he did off the field, and and I didn't even know until you you said it that basically the equivalent of the Walter Payton Man of the Year in baseball is named after him. Yeah. So that just shows you like the stature he has in the game of baseball. So I, I would lean towards Roberto Clemente. And I went with uh, Tim Duncan. I wish I knew Roberto Clemente better because uh, the story just seems incredible. But for me, I'm all about consistency. And for somebody to play their entire career and never miss the playoffs, and oh, by the way, win five championships – that, that works for me. Well, that, that's one of the things. You couldn't really go wrong with making some of these decisions. But in our case, we went right a hundred times. <laughs> and uh, you will find out who got 21 and all the other numbers if you honor us by buying our book. It's called Got Your Number. It's available today everywhere. And by the way, if you walk into a store today and it is not there, please tweet at us using the hashtag got your number just hashtag got your number we'll be checking that all day long and we want to make sure the book is everywhere it's supposed to be so if you walk into a store and they don't have it please let us know all right d wood mike t you guys are the best thank you for nursing me through a a challenging day with my arm i'll explain that and more as we continue thanks for being with us this is greenie on espn radio for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Yes. I like everything about this song choice. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, as we have the assembled members of the Hashtag Crew assembled around us, Hembo, Bubba, and Cam. And Cam, with the music choice here, am I the only one who knows this song? Like, do I, I know it intimately. Does oh, anyone B- else Bubba know this sure song? Bubba knows it. Bubba, you know, you know Tommy Two-Tone? Oh, uh, yeah, I said it right away. Great song. Yeah, Eight, I love six, this song. Uh, yeah. 8675309. Absolutely. Jenny, I got your number. Jenny, I got great, your number. Great phone number. And, uh, and, and of course, that is relevant to us today because today our book is out. It is called Got Your Number. And we thank everybody for the support of it early. And what we're going to do is we're going to take your thoughts on it today. We'll take some calls a little later. But if you have the book, if you're one of the people who is able to get one early and they should be getting delivered by Amazon and others today, and you should be able to walk into a bookstore right now and buy it, then we'd ask you to do two things for us. One is tweet at us either way using the hashtag got your number. Hashtag got your number. One, tweet us any thought you have. You have a disagreement? That's what this book is about. It is about a combination of sports debate and sports history. The debate cart becomes because we chose who owns every number from one to 100. You're going to disagree with some of them. And we'd love to hear from you. So please tweet those disagreements at us at uh, using the hashtag got your number. The other thing that you'd really help us is if someone tells you they don't have the book, it's not available, whatever that is, please let us know because we can pass that information along to people who would um, be able to do something about it. So, again, usually the hashtag got your number, and we thank you for being a part of it today. Hembo, of the many things that I really have enjoyed about this process, and, you know, you've been at my side for over a decade, so being together through this has been a lot of fun. But at our book signing, we had a kid who was nine years old who asked me a question about, um, becoming a sportscaster, that, that, that he wants to be a sports announcer. And he asked me, what's good advice for someone my age? And to be honest with you, that's not something I'd ever really thought about. I have great advice for kids who are in high school and college, and I get asked that all the time because everyone has a niece or a nephew that wants to do my job. But not most of them are nine. And so when I thought about it, I really thought, and this might sound like a self-serving thought, but I actually think It is the number one reason why I am where I am today is because when I was a kid that age, I read books about sports history. So there's a reason that I know everything there is to know about Otto Graham, whose famous receivers were named uh, Max Speedy and Dante Lavelli. I know everything there is to know about Red Grange. I know everything there is to know about Gail Sayers. I know everything there is to know about Hank Greenberg and Sandy Koufax. And I, I know everything there is to know about players, George Mikan and uh, all the Sweetwater Clifton and all these players who came long before my time because I read about them. And so maybe what I'm most proud of in this book, and in some ways, like I don't really believe that people like me have legacies. When I'm gone, someone else will come and sit in this chair and they're going to do just fine and if, if people generally don't remember Howard Cosell, they're sure as hell not going to remember me. But if there is some legacy I can have, maybe it is that young people will read this book and read the history. Because whether you agree or you disagree with the choices that we made, 
The book is about sports history, and I promise you that out of the 100 chapters, there will be at least one per chapter, so at least 100 times you will read something that Hembo dug up in the research that makes you say, wow, I did not know that. And so of all the things about the book, that is my advice, by the way, if you have, if right now you're in the, you're nine years old and you're in the car and your mom and dad are driving you someplace, that's my advice to you if you want to be in sports broadcasting, if you want to be where Jim Nance was last night and a tip of the cap to him as he broadcast his final, his 32nd and final national championship game. And I sent him a note this morning simply saying, you have set the standard that all the rest of us aspire to, um, And I mean that as sincerely as I can. But anyway, reading books about sports history, ours, but and and of course, many, 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 many others is probably the best way to do it. So, Hembo, of all the things about it, I think that's the one I'm most proud of. Yeah, today is a dream come true for me for many of the same reasons that you just expressed. Because books like this, I guess, is as big a reason as any why I fell in love with sports at a young age. And if there's even literally one kid out there that winds up falling in love with sports the same way that I did, the same way that you did as a result of this book, all of that work will have been worth it for me. There's no question about it. So again, use the hashtag GotYourNumber if you have uh, thoughts on some of the choices that we made. Agree, disagree, we'd love to hear from you. And again, just as important, if you walk into a store and they don't have it, let us know. We will try and do something about it immediately. In the meantime... Rebound to Hurley for UConn. And how fitting. The coach's son is going to dribble out his dad's championship. 76-59, every dog has his day, and this day belongs to the Huskies. Again, Westwood One's NCAA Radio Network for the call as UConn wins the national championship last night. And I see our friend Molly Karam is wearing her UConn sweatshirt today, and God bless her, as well she should. If that's your alma mater, what an incredible experience. For me at Northwestern, just when we get into the tournament, it's so exciting. I can't fathom what it would be like to win the whole thing, and they do it last night. And it was a a terrific tournament. I thought the NCAA tournament this year was excellent. And even last night's game, got interesting late. Like, it looked like it was going to be a runaway. And then San Diego State cut that thing down to six, and they felt like they really had a shot there. And then just big shot after big shot, Jordan Hawkins made and and the Connecticut kids made, and and they wind up pulling away for a win. The final score looks, I think, a little more one-sided than the game felt to me. But they win their six tournament games by an average of 20 points exactly. That is the fourth largest Average win margin since the field expanded in 1985. They also did not lose a non-conference game this entire year. Hembo, I should have had you look this up earlier. It's the fourth largest average win margin since the field expanded. What are the three? So 1996 Kentucky, 26. That was the, okay. So let's do this slowly. Mm-hmm. That was Patino's team. Mm-hmm. They were unbelievable. That, was- that team was so good. I think that was Antoine Walker's team. Was he there? That was Patino. So remember, they won back-to-back championships. Patino won. Then he left to go to the Celtics, mm-hmm. and Tubby Smith took over, and he won. That's how good that team was. Right. <laughs> um, so 96. All right, so they blew everybody out. 2016 Villanova. They won their games by an average of 20 points. That team was dominant. Wow, I dominant. did not remember. Is that the team that won on the last second shot by Chris Jenkins? No, or was that, 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 that was, was the other one. That was more recent. That was 2018. No, that was 16. Jenkins was 16? For sure. Okay. So what was the 18 team? 18. Those two teams blended Because Villanova, what I'm saying is that if that's the Jenkins team, they won that game by two points. 
right? Or it was tied. They won that game by three points because it's a three. So the, the margin of victory of the other games must have been 1,000 if their average margin of victory was 20 points, right? Yeah, they, that was the, yes, they beat Oklahoma in the Final Four 95 to 51, for example. So oh they came God. in like a, on a runaway 95 train. 95 to 51. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do remember yeah. that game. That was you Buddy Heald. You were there. I think I was yeah. at that game. That, 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 yeah. was, that was Buddy Heald was on that team. That was team. the team, yeah. And they killed them. And Okay, so that maybe that and Kentucky, checked. Kentucky, uh, by the way, they won in 96, and then Arizona won in 97. They won again in 98. Arizona, I think, beat Kentucky in the final. Correct, yeah. With Patino. That's what it was. So Patino went back. to the finals, and they had an, some kind of injuries in 97. I'm doing all this off the top of yeah, my head. That was Lute Olsen winning in 97. That was Lute Okay, very good. So it was, it was Kentucky with Patino in 96. He made it back to the final and lost in 97. Then he went to the Celtics and, and then it was, uh, and then Tubby won it in 98. Okay, good job there. And then what was the third one? Uh, North Carolina in 2009. The two thousand is that the Tyler Hansborough yes, team? Wayne Ellington, Ty Lawson, Danny Green. That who did they beat? Stacked. Like, remember who they beat? Is that they whatever beat, you're looking at? They beat Michigan State by 17 points in the championship. Wow, I don't remember these games. I, I'm getting old. I, I, I've been very good at remembering this. You, know, you need to read a good sports book in order to remember all these things. Anyway, so UConn wins in dominating fashion. Uh, the Huskies in the second halves of their games. I loved this of all the stats I got. So they win six games. 20-minute halves, that's 120 minutes. That's two hours of actual game time. In those two hours of actual game time, they trailed for a total of 55 seconds. That is domination, the likes of which we rarely see. Yeah, and this is a team, let's keep in mind, they were a four seed, which might be a seed issue, might not be, regardless of your opinion there. They should be considerably better next year. So they have, they have three projected draft picks. It's Hawkins, Jackson, and Sonogo, but none of them right now are slotted to be lottery picks, which means this team might be back and better than ever next season should these guys want to return. And right now, Hurley is building something of a machine. It would not surprise me at all if all three of those players decided to come back next season. So they're plus 1,200 uh, for next year. I just saw these odds. Excuse me, come across here. UConn is the favorite next year, then Kansas, UCLA, and Duke, and Kentucky. So it's, it's, I mean, it's the usual suspects as that sport tends to be. Now, let me turn to Mr. Bubba here. Bubba is born and raised in Avon, Connecticut, which is the heart of Huskies country. I lived and worked up in that area for a very long time. So I know how much UConn basketball, men's and women's, I've never seen passion for women's sports like you get in UConn country, and for obvious reasons, because they've been so ridiculously good. And we'll get to the women here in a minute, because obviously that passion is starting to spread. Um, but, but what I could not help but notice in the late 90s when I moved to Connecticut to work at ESPN was just how college basketball crazy the area is. So, Bubba, is this a day of celebration for you as a Connecticut kid? No, I grew up uh, disliking UConn basketball, always did not enjoy him. Although the one caveat is I grew up a, a Hurley fan because of Bobby Hurley. So I am somewhat partial to Danny Hurley. That's the only unfortunate part. But no, I grew up uh, hating UConn basketball. I, I uh, You had a dog named Hurley, right? Correct, yeah. So uh, I, I became a Duke fan because of the Hurley family, our connection to the Hurley family in, in Jersey City. So I became a Duke fan because of that. So I always loved the Hurleys, I always hated UConn from that point on. My dad went to BC, so I've always just hated UConn. I literally refused to apply to UConn um, <laughs> out of high school. I, I would not have gone there. I didn't want to go there. So all my friends are UConn fans, though. 
And yeah, I just always hated UConn basketball. But once Danny Hurley went there, it was kind of annoying because I do like I supported Hurley. I've always enjoyed Hurley. I, I you know met him before when I went to the basketball camp, got his autograph when I was a kid. Always liked him, so I, I had a feeling they were going to win at some point because I I do think he's a good coach, and that was the one unfortunate thing. So. It's a bit bittersweet in that sense. I'm a little torn, but overall, definitely not celebrating, not happy about it. Plus, they're, since 1999, doing quite well compared to Duke. So that's the one unfortunate thing. Yeah, he thing just too. brought up an interesting. Did you want to jump in on that quick? Because he just made me think of something I had not Go thought ahead. of. Go ahead. Okay, I think this is actually fascinating. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day How close a friend or relative would you need to be on your arch rival team? To root for them, which is to say, I'll just use me as an example. The team I dislike the most by far of any in sports is the New England Patriots. I grew up hating the Dolphins more as a Jet fan, but in the last 20 or so, ever since Parcells, basically, that's been the rivalry. Who would have to be, and again, while I have nothing but admiration for, actually, for Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, I also, I root against them literally every game they play. Who would have to be on the Patriots for me to root for them? Like, if Stevie were drafted by the Patriots, I'd root for them. He's my son. I'm not sure there's any other option. Like, I think it might end there. Let me say this, Hembo. If they hired you to be the coach for the Patriots, I'd root against you. For sure. I say that with zero hesitation. So if Stevie were a player, you say yes. What if yeah. he were a coach or a member of the front No, I'd office? root for him. I'd root for my son. Root for him. Yes. That, that's it. I don't think it would go any farther. Hmm. How about it? Cam, let me ask you. <laughs> so who's the team you hate the most of any team? You're a Philly fan generally. Who do you hate? What team is your nemesis? I would say the Cowboys probably most. Okay. Who would have to be on the Cowboys? Let, let, so let's go. Do you have a brother? I do. He's 29. If your brother was on the Cowboys, would you root for them to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think we're a little past that point, though. I don't think he's getting drafted. No, no, I understand that. Your son, Stevie, still has a chance. No, Stevie doesn't have a chance. He's He's at the age where he could be drafted. Yes, he's 6'1". He weighs 140 pounds. I think it's... it's The the young man is a straight line. So am I. I mean, Bryce Young's getting drafted first. Very little chance. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I guess that's true. All right, so uh, Stevie aside... I don't think there's anybody else. If, if if how about do you have any cousins you're close to? Yeah, I don't think that I don't think I would root for the Cowboys if they were on. If my brother was, yes, I would root for them. Okay, I think cousin, that's the give extension. me the name of a first cousin to whom you are close. Daniel. If cousin Daniel was on the Cowboys, he could become the coach. He could become like their 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 head of stats. You know, like their analytics guru. <laughs> that's very different. Would you root for them if he was the coach? Then yes. If he was just the stats analyst, I would hope that he like messed just up just the stats, the stats analyst. You're now diminishing the stats. Well, you're analyst? equating Excuse head me, coaching Cam. to stats analyst. That's very different. I mean, he's a member of the organization. What if he was the director of sales and marketing? If he was employed by the Dallas Cowboys, would you root for them? If he had a higher-up position, then yes, like a head coach or something like that. It would have to be football-related. Like, if you're selling tickets for the Cowboys, for sure not. If you're calling plays, it's a different story. I want to continue this line of questioning because I I think it is an interesting one. I want to get Bubba's opinion on it, and I want to think it through because I think it is an interesting direction uh, that we can take the conversation. We'll do that, plus, again, your uh, response to the book, again, using the hashtag GotYourNumber on Twitter, and a big change coming in the NBA, and I love it.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Congratulations, UConn, champions of the basketball world. Congratulations again the night before to the women of LSU, champions of the college basketball world. Great tournaments both. I mean, the the NCAA tournaments this year were great. And as I've mentioned many times, because I was laid up with this heart issue, um, I watched more of the games this year than I ever have any other season, and I've never been more entertained. I'm not going to sit here and make a value judgment. It was the best tournament since this or that. I don't know. But what I can say is I can't recall being more entertained than I was by these games this year. They were terrific, and it felt like practically every one of them went right down to the buzzer. So it was really good. What are we getting at hashtag got your number? Again, the book is available today. We ask you if you are kind enough to go out and want to buy it in person today. If you walk into a store and they don't have it, please let us know that. Tweet with the hashtag got your number and just say this store in such and such place didn't have it. We can do something about that. And then we also will take your questions about anything you've read in the book. Got your number. Uh, and what are we getting so far? Todd Richmond tweets at us and says, so I'm curious if somebody comes up with a legitimate and convincing argument why someone else should have had one of the numbers in the book. Would you print a revision? Well, there's no way to print a revision that quickly. But here's what I will say. There are two numbers already that if you could write a book and publish it the following day Mm. would be different. I'm going to say what the numbers are. I'm not going to say who the people are. But in my opinion, let me explain to everyone how this works. You write a book, you send it in, they do what's called putting it to bed. Like once it has gone to the printer, there's, there's a point of no return. And we passed that. I don't remember exactly what the date was, but it was a long time ago. And then you can't make any changes. There are two numbers I think we might have considered changing. One of them is 15. The other one is 62. I think those are two numbers that we would have at least had to talk about significantly. I think 15 would have been a lock. 62 we would have debated and kicked back and forth. I received another 
question like that yesterday. I was doing something on, uh, it was Wisconsin Public Radio, about the number 34, which includes Walter Payton and Charles Barkley and Hakeem Olajuwon and David Ortiz. They asked me straight up about Giannis. How much more might Giannis have to do to be at the very top or near the top of that list? I don't mind giving that one up. Walter Payton is who we chose for number 34. He owns the number 34 because, A, he was, in my opinion, one of the two best running backs that ever lived. As I write in the chapter, if you put together the all-time NFL team right now, the running backs, in my opinion, would be Jim Brown and Walter Payton. So that's why he gets the number 34 in a a tough class, as you just pointed out. Now... (laughs) We didn't even consider Giannis, I don't think, when this, when going back to that. I don't think we really thought a lot about 34 because I wasn't going anywhere but Walter. But Giannis, look, I mean, could he make a run at a legitimate argument to it? Of course he could. He's a two-time MVP. He could win another one this year. He is an NBA champion. He could win another one this year. In fact, I think he has the best team. And he's still young. So could he eventually put himself into that class of all-time great? Absolutely. He isn't there now. To to me right now, if you're comparing Walter Payton and Giannis Antetokounmpo in in terms of their historical greatness and impact, it's not even close. But he could make it close. Who did you say? Hakeem certainly has Mm -hmm. to be. I mean, serious consideration. Sir Charles, I love and and is a first ballot Hall of Famer and an all-time great. Not not on the level of Walter. There was also another number that someone asked, a a very similar question about a contemporary athlete. And it was about number eight, which includes Kobe and Cal Ripken and Yogi Berra. And Troy Aikman, they asked about Alexander Ovechkin, another one of these athletes who very legit, right? Same deal. Very. I have a buddy, a guy I play golf with. I hope he's listening. His name is Andy Isakoff, and he is a a member at the same club where I am. And he is he's from Washington. Uh, He lives here in New York now, but he's originally from D.C. He's a crazy fan of the Capitals. And when I first told him about this idea, the first thing he said to me was, "Ovi better be number eight." The great eight. And I said to him, well, you know, Kobe wore eight and Lamar Jackson wears eight and Cal Ripken. We didn't really consider Lamar Jackson, but that came up in an interview I did in Baltimore. Uh, Cal Ripken, eight and Yogi Berra, eight. And he just looked at me and said, Ovi should be eight. (laughs) So he's got support there. I'm going to give it away right now. We did not pick Ovi at number eight. You'll find out who we did pick. And we so appreciate the questions. It's great fun using the hashtag got your number. I'll come back to the question that I brought up a minute ago, but but first I want to do what I teased. The NBA has made a change and I really like it. The NBA has put in their new CBA that for players to win the MVP award or make the All-NBA team and All-NBA team, both of which I am now a voter for, they have to play a minimum of 65 games. And that is probably as reasonable way to address the issue of load management and all the rest of that because these players have a lot of financial connection to that. Many contracts, in case there's anyone listening who doesn't know that, Include provisions for how much your uh, your contract can be worth, how much the max can be worth, and all that. If you make one of the All NBA teams, first team, second team, third team, and I have my ballot, and I, I I'm not handing it in until the season is over. They're due Monday night, season ends Sunday, so I will do my ballot Monday. The MVP is one thing, and all those awards, but that 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 third team is going to be brutal. And you realize that you're making these decisions that will have financial impact on these players. So, I mean, I would take it incredibly seriously anyway, but that adds to it. But now they have to play a minimum of 65 games, which I love. And Hembo, in some ways, it's kind of what the baseball writers don't have, right? That's exactly right, because when it comes to the Hall of Fame, all the voters ever do 
is complain and, and, and cry to the Hall of Fame committee, give us some kind of guideline here. Give us some kind of criteria. And they should. Uh, let me uh, pause on that thought. Up against the hour, we'll come back. Super busy day. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.